Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. Today, I am so excited to bring to you a friend who I have known for probably oh, 10, 11 years. And uh, I've watched this lady grow in ways that are absolutely amazing. Um, she is the, was the business owner of the Four Sisters, had a business called My Vinyl Designs. She travels. Uh, she currently created the building that was the Four Sisters into an amazing escape room called Escape from State Street. Did I say that correctly? Close. Oh, Escape what? South State. Escape South State. Mm-hmm. Um, she's traveled to China, Australia, Singapore, Mexico, and 49 states. She, she got a truck and a trailer and took her two young boys, and they traveled the 49 states. It was a pretty awesome adventure to watch her have. Got to make it to Alaska still. Yep, Alaska's <laughs> coming. She's mm-hmm. told, just told me that uh, by the time her son graduates, they will have hit Alaska. Have so it, yeah. Alaska, watch out. Here comes an amazing family. Um, so as I've had conversations with, with Debbie throughout the years, I actually have, uh, have had like a small crush on, on her business courage and the way that she lives her life. And so I was really excited to, when she popped into my head as somebody that I could have a conversation with, with you and introduce how she chooses to live her life courageously exposed, especially when it comes to business. This lady is, uh, I'm telling you, Deb is, is a soul that you want to watch and, and you'll, you'll love what she has to say. Um, she's also going to share with you a few things in her life that, um, you know, the failures that she's had and where she feels some paralysis and things like that. So um, let's just get this thing moving and I'm going to just turn the time over to Debbie and can you tell us that moment, Deb? Well, first of all, if there's anything else that you want to let these amazing people know about you that I may have missed in my intro that uh, you feel is pertinent, but then where, where did you start having this sense of, I want to be an entrepreneur? Like that's a big jump and there's a lot of big scary things there. So where did that happen for you? If there's anything else you want to tell us about you first. <laughs> I think you covered it pretty well. Okay, so, good. That's right. Uh, well, uh, gosh, I've been in business now on and off. Haven't worked for anybody for probably about 15 years. Wow. And it all started in Salt Lake City, Utah, about 2002. I answered an ad in the paper for an ice cream truck driver. <laughs> I was going through the paper. We needed a job. I needed a job. I couldn't find anything that I actually was qualified for. I came across this ad. I was like, you bet. I'm doing it. Did, went, did any of the rest of you out there hear the music of like the ice cream truck driving yeah, down there totally. the street as she said that? <laughs> so I showed up for the interview and got hired right on the spot. The next day, after a little training video, I went out and I spent the next five or six hours selling ice cream. And, you know, ice cream seems like it would be kind of a glamorous job, but it's not. It's hot. <laughs> there was no air conditioning in the truck. And we went through for hours, came back. I'm pulled into the ice cream truck yard. It's about nine o'clock at night. And I walk in and I see the guy who hired me and he's got his feet up on the desk and he's watching TV in his little air conditioned office. (laughs) And And after having just been hot and sweaty and and wondering, you know, all these little kids everywhere. And I thought, wow, I need that job. (laughs) But... He came out, we counted up the ice creams, and he had $200 in his hands. I brought in $200, and he gave me 50 of it. Oh. That was my cut. Okay. 
And that was like the perfect visual of how business worked. Like, I brought in $200 while I was out working away and he was watching TV and he had three drivers and we each brought about $200 in. And I know there's like overhead of like truck and ice cream. Sure. But I figured he had made about $300 profit that day off of the work I had done. Yeah, kicking his feet up, eating his ice cream. Yeah, so that was the last time I ever worked for anybody. The next morning I called him and said, hey, actually this job's not gonna work for me. And I had a van at that time. And by that afternoon, I had an appointment down at the Earl Scheib Paint Center, and they painted it bubblegum pink. <laughs> it was just this cheap little $300 paint job. I went to Radio Shack, got a little bell for the front. And by that weekend, I was in business for myself. I went and found out what I had to do to have a, dry, a, a business license. Because I saw firsthand that I would make much more money being in charge of the whole thing instead of uh, working for someone else. And that really has, it just changed my way of thinking and made, made me think, oh my gosh, well I can do what he's doing. There's no reason I should be working for him if I can do that. Right. And it was a much better, much better way to uh, sell ice cream and has changed the whole trajectory of my life. That, that sounds like a really powerful and sweet <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, example of like, like eye-opening experiences to how things work. And um, I don't know about, about our listeners out there. They probably had similar experiences. I know I have. Like at the end of a day working for somebody and you're just tired and you see what you're bringing in and you know what's coming. But there's not very many people who actually have the vision or the foresight or the courage, frankly, to go and do what you did. So like kudos. And so... Now that you have this van and it, you've painted this bubble gum, like what's your next step after that? Where did that lead you? Well, that, that I did for a few, a few months. I did the whole ice cream truck and, and it, you know, it was pretty good. Made a couple hundred bucks a day. Well, then September came and sales started to die <laughs> down. And I was like, oh man. But my husband at the time was in college. I had two young kids. There wasn't really an opportunity for me to, to go out. I didn't see the opportunity there to go out and do a full-time job somewhere. And so winter kind of set in. And by the 1st of January or so, we were. I was like, oh, we got to get something going again. But this time, um, I was like, you know what? Salt Lake is a little bit full of ice cream trucks. There's a lot of ice cream trucks around there. So what, you know, I've never seen any ice cream trucks up where my mom lives in Idaho. So, uh, as as uh, April May came along, I decided I was going to bring the ice cream truck up to Idaho, and I did. And I uh, I had a, a little bit of a debt I needed to pay off, and so I committed that everything I would sell would go straight to pay off this debt. And so I came up like the first of June, and I ran the ice cream truck for about six weeks. And during that time, I uh, I paid off that. Uh, $7,500 bill that I had kind of hanging over my head. Right. And at the, well, I had, and, and right at the end of that, that very last day, the next kind of uh, step came for me, and I met a lady who wanted to buy my ice cream truck. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. I think it would be a great, you know, it was a great job. So, so I came up, I ran it for the six weeks and paid off that debt. And then on the very last day, I met someone who wanted to buy my truck. And, you know, I was like, I need to get back my, 
back to Salt Lake and stuff. So she bought my truck for $2,500. It was just an old little thing. Right. Bam. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So the next, so the next, next step in business came, came into here. view. I was like, I need to be setting up ice cream trucks for this lady. <laughs> and so, so for that summer, the rest of the summer, I bought vans on Craigslist, painted them pink, put a freezer in there, put the speaker on the front, and set up the ice cream business and sold the business. And instead of making two or $300 a day, I could make $2,000 at a time and set someone else else up to make that business happen for them. And so my business then became helping people start their business as right. an ice cream truck. And so that was, that was kind of like the next little level for me. I wondered if you were going to say you were, the, you were the person sitting in the office, you know, watching your favorite show with your feet up while your <laughs> ice, cream truck, ice cream truck drivers were out there, but no. you took it even further than that. I, I skipped that level and I went straight to the, hey, this is a good little way for you to make some money. Let me set it up for you. You can have it paid off in about a month and then you're on your way. So, so how was that? So you, you've got this woman, and now you've seen this vision of what the next level is for you, even though it's still in a small, you know, small it's package. Totally small scale, yeah. But you're, you're noticing, like, like, what was the feeling of helping someone else, like, catch a vision or take that next step of improvement in their lives? Like, that took oh, for courage me it was for kind her. of exciting because I did see her vacillate about it. Like, oh, I don't know, like, uh, and, and that whole struggle. And I thought, oh, my gosh. It's $2,500. Like, if you knew what I know, I'm telling you, like, you're going to make $300 a day and you're going to have it paid off in this amount of time. There, I mean, there's, from my perspective, there was no risk there. Like, just get in and do it. And her, I saw her afraid. She never had her own business. She never, you know, had done it. But it was cool for me to watch her right. take that step and then hear back as the summer went on. Oh my gosh, my kids and I totally did it, and and it was it was fun to see that. That's cool. So let me just like a just a point of like not clarification, just information. Um, the the city that or cities that you were were focusing in are were those big cities? Like, what were the population? Like, was it fairly no, easy no. for this person to make three hundred dollars a day, or did was she in like a city with lots of people? Oh my gosh, no, not not lots of people. Idaho Falls, Idaho. I mean, <laughs> fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty thousand people, and she actually lived in Blackfoot, Idaho. Like, okay. it's just little. But there was, uh, as opposed to Salt Lake with twenty five ice cream trucks, there was no other ice cream trucks. And right. then uh, actually, a couple of years later in Idaho Falls, there was a guy who bought up several of the ice cream trucks that I had made. He had a little pink van fleet on the corner of 17th and Holmes. <laughs> it was kind of fun to drive by and see it. <laughs> You're like, that was, that's my that's vision. Mine. That was it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so you've taken this next step and, and things are opening up for you. What, what happens next? Like where, what were your feelings of like, Ooh, where do I go from here? What were any of your fears that you had? Kind well, of help us see where, where you're at. at. Right, not long after that, um, we ended up moving to Idaho from Salt Lake City. <laughs> okay. And uh, so we moved here, and it wasn't long after that that I ended up getting divorced. Okay. So um, it was at that time that I then kind of had to reevaluate, okay, wow, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't finish college. I've got these two young kids. I need to provide for myself and for them. Like, what am I going to do? And uh, that was kind of the next step for me of like, well, I already know I, had, I don't like the idea of working for people. <laughs> I would imagine lots of people but listening like, feel the same way. I know that I do. Working for other people just doesn't work for me. And 
there are lots out there who understand that situation of like, what do I do? I don't have a college education. Yeah, I don't feel like I have skills. I didn't and set myself up for this situation. Yeah, I want to be there for my kids. So what, what did you do? Well, I think that was a, a good turning point in my life because up until that point, I think I had kind of shifted that responsibility of the finances. Like I had jumped in to help with the ice cream truck and stuff, but I don't think that I've fully taken responsibility. Like, all right, what am I going to do to help provide for my family? Or what am I going to do as a career? Like, I, I wasn't raised in a culture that I feel um, encouraged me to even dream about what I was going to do for a career. Okay. I, th I feel like I was raised with, I'm going to be a mom. Sure. And that's all I really prepared for. I went to college for the social aspect of it. And not everybody in my culture does that. Right. However, for me, I never really saw it as something I really would be using and utilizing down the road. Right. Uh, and so I prepared to be a mom. And, and I, I think there's a lot of people who are, who are listening, again, who, who probably grew up in similar cultures or with similar mindsets, you know, just you get married, you, you be the mom, you teach the, those kinds of skills, and you let the... The, the money man and the will income. take care of yeah, yeah and all that, of that. that is not, and we're not we're not bashing on not. men. Please know oh, that oh gosh, this I is just a mindset I don't that think we it's get. A man thing at all. I think actually it's a problem that women have. Right. More of oh well, let my husband provide for me. Right. Uh, you know maybe <laughs> maybe it could be more of a team effort in a right. marriage, and I think it would be better and more beneficial. Uh, in, the, in the coming generations, for couples to work together on that and not be a quite so such designated roles of you're the provider and you're the nurturer and homemaker. Right. Like for me, that didn't work. It would have been, and I see so many couples now that it is more of a joint effort. And I think, well, that is a blessing to them yeah. to be able to, he doesn't have that whole weight shifted on him and she doesn't have the whole weight shifted on her of, of, uh, of nurturing the kids. Like it's a team right. effort. And I think well, it seems a, like it would take a couple I think that's a better way to approach both marriage and building a life together. I, I like that concept. I think it would take some of the paralyzation out of either role. Like, you know, if something changes, which a lot of times things change, and then you're just stuck with this belief and, and this pattern that you're in, that, and then you're like, ah, what do I do? Well, I didn't prepare for, for this men, other role. For yeah. men and for women. Oh, like, absolutely. You know, if, something, if they were to get hurt and they're, you know, they don't have that anymore, and then they're having to, like, lean on their wives, I just think... I like the idea of coming together and, and doing it as a team um, yeah. as a way to like lessen that paralysis and, and some of those fears as life changes. Yeah. So it was about that time in life when I was like, wow, okay, I've got to, I've got to work out something here. And so uh, I had been reading a couple of books at that time. I had a, a friend recommend rich dad, poor dad mm -hmm. years and years ago, and I hadn't ever read it. And so I picked it up. I read it. And I was like, oh, wow. And it's all about, you know, it's kind of just talked about business and the idea of, you know, of, of buying properties. And there's a different way to look at life instead of just going to work and, right. and stuff. And so that was, that was really eye-opening. And along the, uh, the same time, I read another book. And the story now has changed for me because it is about Donald Trump. And he's <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> but at the time, it was helpful. Right. right. And so he uh, wrote a book. And, and talked about in the book that it was called The Art of the Deal. And he wrote, or he said, you know, I bought New York when nobody wanted it. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know what? I live in a town where I have a main street and it's full of empty buildings. And so between those two books, I was like, well, you know, 
hmm, I wonder if I could buy a building. So I didn't have any money. Like, I, we were, I mean, I was, we're, I was we're about starting. to say, what was your financial nothing. situation? And, uh, but reading these books made me open my mind a little bit to the idea of, was well, how you work the deal. It's not, it's not, hey, I've got all this money in the bank and I'm going to buy your building. It's, okay, well, what will work for you and what will work for me? Can we make a deal? And uh, I, I went down to the courthouse and I found out who owned all these different buildings. And uh, I remember that very first night when I, like, I was so excited. I read this book and I had my mind open to this whole idea that maybe I could buy a building even though I didn't have thousands of dollars in the bank. It sounds fascinating. And, and I, so, I bet people are like eager to hear what you so, have to say. So I got in my car, it's like 10 o'clock at night, and I drove into town and I drove past every little building. And there was one in particular that had this really cool ceiling. And I was like, I love this building. Like, look how cool it is. Why is it empty? And so then, then I went down the courthouse, found out who owned it, and I contacted um, a number of different owners. And, uh, and she said, and the lady to this, the, the building that I ended up buying, she was like, oh, you know, um, I bet we could work something out. And I said, well, I don't have a lot of cash, but can you carry the contract for me, basically? Can you be the bank? And uh, she said, yes. She, like, she said yes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, Did that just happen? <laughs> this, this is for real. I'm going to buy a building with, like, no money down. And, uh, and so they set it up where it was a 30-year uh, mortgage uh, amortization. And so okay. then I, I would just make payments off that. And then we had a five-year balloon payment. So in five years, I would need to refinance it and pay her off. Gotcha. So it, it got me in the building. It got me a bill with it gave me a place to start a business, and uh, it got her rid of the building. So it worked well for both of us. Well, I bought a building, but then I didn't even know what I was going to put in it. Like right. I didn't know, but I just knew I had to do something. And uh, we were closing on the on the deal, and and she said, you know, I, I did pretty good as a flower shop. And uh, I just closed because of my health was not so good, and and you know the building was full of flower shop stuff. It had like the coolers and the buckets, everything you'd need. And was all of that included in the purchase? Yeah, it was, oh, it so was it just like here. turnkey, I'm done with this building. So you just, wow. I mean, you got to look for those opportunities of like, uh, I'm done with this. So yes, please take it. And so one of those fell into my lap. And I was like, I don't know what the first thing about floral design, <laughs> but I'm going to learn because... She was rattling off some numbers to me that kind of like I found tantalizing. And right. I was like, all right. So I said, you know, I, I don't have any floral experience, but my sister, she went to college and she got a floral design degree for two years. So I call her up. And this is how naive. All the pieces start coming this together. This is how naive I was. I was like, hey, um, could you take a couple weeks off and come up and teach me? <laughs> <laughs> quote everything you learned in the last two years of college like right this, this is what I was thinking and so she said you let me think about it and uh, she ended up calling me back she said you know what I've got this she was in a court in the corporate world she's had a pretty good job and she's like you know I I'm kind of tired of that you know I would I would love to come open a flower shop with you and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, I don't have any money to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking uh, for a partner. <laughs> uh, I don't have, like, I am starting with bare nothing. Right. And uh, she's like, you know what? No, I want to come and help you get this started. It sounds like something that would be enjoyable. And just like you said, once I made that, that leap of like, all right, well, let me go downtown and look at the buildings. 
well, let me just call her and see if she'll, you know, carry the contract. Right. All right, well, okay, I'm going to buy the building. Okay, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But it all came, like, step by step. The next step showed up as soon as I as I mm-hmm. moved forward. And that was awesome. And so uh, my sister ended up moving up. And that's when we opened the Four Sisters as a floral shop. So this is, I love hearing the story because this is where where I met you was this building that we're sitting in that now is a different business, but I'm, I met you when it was the four sisters and I was always intrigued. And I, I don't know if I actually, well, I've met several of your sisters. I don't know if I've met the four sisters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I, I didn't know the backstory. So this is really exciting to hear how when I met you, it was, it was a, a full fledged making money business. Lots of people knew about it. Um, I'd heard about it from several people and but I didn't know how it started, so it's really exciting to hear that it started from nothing. Because I can almost guarantee there are people listening to us today who are in that in that place of like, I don't know what to do next, and I have nothing, and are wanting to learn how to to work the deals or that to even know that that's an option out there. Oh yeah. And so, so like, take us to the next step. Your sister comes up, and we're now All right, the four so, sisters. All uh, so open, you know, the four sisters. Well, I should back up. I should back up about. <laughs> About a year before, just before I got divorced, one night, or one, it was early in the morning, I woke up and I had had a dream that I opened a store called The Four Sisters. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, wow, that's super cool. Like, and I call a couple of my sisters. I'm like, hey, I just had this dream. And we like had this store. And we all did our own little thing. And then I was like, I don't know what my thing is. <laughs> like, and then we just kind of laughed it off. And then months later, I got the opportunity to buy this building. And I'm like, man what should we call my, what should we call this? And I had all these like clever little flower shop names. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, dream. duh, <laughs> the four sisters. <laughs> it was given to me in uh, a dream. Yeah, yeah, like so, so I hurried and drew up a little logo and uh, got the sign made up for it. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm literally starting with nothing. And so it's like, sometimes I look back at the story and I think, oh my gosh, every single step, I didn't know what the next thing to do was. I just took that little bit of step forward. For example, getting a sign made. I went to the different sign shops in Idaho Falls and $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 to get a sign made. And I was like, uh, I was thinking maybe like 300 Yeah. And like, I just didn't have any budget for that. Like, yet. how many cookies can we exchange yeah, for like, this sign? <laughs> like, I really had no capital to start with. And right. so... Um, <laughs> I happened to cross one night, I was coming home, and I'd, I'd, uh, I bought the building, but I hadn't officially, like, really got things going. But um, I was coming home, and, and at the little town and country garden shop, they yes. were having a Christmas fair. So all during December, they were having this little Christmas fair. So I wandered through there, and there happened to be a guy who was just <laughs> opening a sign shop. Oh, the next piece. The next piece just fell right there. And so I was like, you know, I need a sign. And he's like, I need to show that I have made signs. So we struck a deal for 500 bucks. Oh, wow. And he made me this beautiful big sign that lasted for the, the next eight years that I was running So that the was the one that hung on the outside yeah. of the building, and, and which was beautiful, yeah, by the way. Awesome. Like, and, I still see it in my head. And uh, it's, it's the same kind of sign that those other people had been bidding out for three or $4,000. Right. But he was, it worked out well for him. And that's part of the, the deal thing. Like, he needed, he's like, I have no um, 
repertoire to show people. I have nothing to, you know, but I know I can do it. And right. so I gave him the opportunity to do it. He gave me something I could afford. And uh, together we both uh, had a pretty cool sign to show for it. And so uh, we got the, the flower shop up and going and it, it didn't take very long, like a matter of weeks for me to realize I had zero floral talent. <laughs> like, like it was, it was pretty obvious. Like, and my poor sister would do her very best to train me and she'd be like, all right, what shape do you see with here? And I'm like, I don't see a shape. <laughs> or she'd say, oh, okay, what shape did you create here? It's a triangle, can't you see? And she's like, no. <laughs> and so the, the concepts were not there for right. me. And I didn't have a natural knack. And, and so that so was in a that, tricky. Did, did that bring you, like, recognizing that for yourself? Like, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see, like, the train you see in the flowers. I don't see the shapes. I don't. Did yeah. that bring, like, a fear to you? Or was it just like this, in, like, inside, like, I've got to figure something else out? Like, what oh, yeah. Was for me, for it was like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. So I need something else which then triggered the next step. Like everything, I just, I just feel so strongly that when you take that little step forward, the light for the next step shows up. Like it, that is just how it works in my life. And so I had a, opened a flower shop and then the next step was actually, well, I, I might've done those steps in reverse. I might've <laughs> should have learned the art of floral right. design first, but then but I didn't do it that way. I jumped right in, found out I had no floral talent. And that's not self-deprecating. That is, that's not my that's natural. Just, that's a, that's, a that's truth. It. Yeah, that's how it is. And so, but it put my mind into thinking, well, what, what can I do? And that is where the next step then came about. Because I remembered three years earlier when I was setting up my ice cream truck, I went to a little sign shop in Salt Lake City. I said, hey, can you make me a little vinyl that says, actually, I didn't even know it was vinyl. Can you make me a sticker? Right. <laughs> can you make me a sticker that says, the candy van, and, and so I named my van the candy van, and I watched her cut out that sticker, and I thought, man, that looks like fun. And it was that's all it was to it, and I just tucked it away, and years later, when I have a flower shop, and I don't do flowers, and I thought, you know, I remember that one machine that I saw a few years ago that I thought, that looks like fun. I think I should do that. And so... In the very dial-up Google days, I'm trying to figure out what that machine's called. And uh, I went to a local sign shop here to get some letters made because I, I love words. And I thought, you know what? I could do that. Right. And they charged me so much for that first batch of letters that I thought, mm, I can get my own machine. I can figure this out. I have no idea how to do it, but we're going to find out. And right. so that that kind of started that next phase of let me buy a vinyl cutter. Let me figure out like I was starting from scratch I did not have any computer skills I didn't know how to save a file like and it was like six months before I learned I could figure out where to save the file right like, it was <laughs> it was a struggle I was starting at zero knowledge about that but I could ask my brother can you come help me hook it up I could ask someone can you help me understand this process I can call the machine company and say hey can you walk me through this mm -hmm. there were things I could do to educate myself and become and there were ways yeah. to do it without having to spend oh yeah lots of money totally. in order to get that knowledge yeah people are very happy to share things that they know in most situations right. like and or uh simple things like becoming educated on a computer 
gosh, call a local teenager. Like, they can help you right. figure all that out. And so it was a learning process for me, but it was something that then led to then phasing out the flowers and becoming a full-fledged uh, home decor sign shop for the next uh, eight years. I hope you guys are enjoying your time with Debbie as much as I am. We're going to actually put a pause right here because we have a lot more to share with you in this interview. So we invite you to join us again next Monday for part two of our interview as we continue to hear stories of Debbie and how she lives her life courageously exposed in business and and the adventures that have taken her to where she is today. And Debbie, we thank you for your time and we look forward to seeing you again next Monday. <music> 